TV, books, films, radio. Long ago, the four entertainment media lived together in harmony. Then, everything changed when the film medium released the MCU. Only the podcast, master of reviewing all four media, could stop them. But when the world needed them most, they oversaturated the market. Ten years passed, and my mother and I discovered a new podcast, a Marvel show named My Mum Missed Marvel. And although its reviewing skills are great, it has a lot to learn before it's ready to entertain anyone. But I believe My Mum Missed Marvel can save the world from light boredom on Fridays. Oh, dear. <laughs> Thoughts, Mum? They're getting more elaborate yeah. every week. I think that's normal. <laughs> I think that's the normal thing that I do, isn't it? No. Oh dearie me! Right, should we go? Did on I change again? something? I, I thought that's just the same one that we've done for each of the previous episodes. No, it's not. <laughs> no. What am I supposed to say here? Am I not feeding you the line that you need? Oh, it was wonderful, darling. It was wonderful. <laughs> it was. <laughs> I'd. Uh, it was the Avatar. It was the opening to Avatar, Mum. But I. I very cleverly changed oh, a few of the words to make it more Mum Miss Marvel God. specific. I knew I was missing the reference. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Did you Thanks just think I was then. giving a weird yeah. speech? I thought, I thought, yeah. I thought, what, what is he on about this week? Oh, geez. Oh. Okay, so I've lost about half the fan base with that one. Welcome to Mum Miss Marvel, everyone. The podcast in which my mum... <laughs> and I watch the MCU one film at a time. We're over halfway in now. How are you doing, Mum? Yeah, I'm well, thank you. I'm tired. I'm tired. You're up in Scotland again. Yeah, I'm helping. I'm helping your papa move house. Mm-hmm. Exciting so, stuff. Yeah, yeah. You'll be happy to hear, Mum, that I'm also very tired today. So oh, this is going to be a great intro be a to the podcast. I think. High energy intro. <laughs> do you want to know how tired I am, Mum? How tired are you? I live with my brother Alec, who was on last week's episode, and our two doors face each other across a little landing. And I was going into his room just before we started recording, and I, without stepping outside of my door, knocked on my closed door and stood there for a couple of <laughs> seconds before realising that I hadn't knocked on his door or left my room. So that's the, that's the level that I'm at at the moment. So we'll see how it goes. Right. Oh dear. We're watching we're watching Doctor Strange today, Mum. Yep. And uh you know nothing about this one apparently. I literally have no knowledge about this film whatsoever. Never heard the guy's name a single no. time before. No. no. Okay. Right. Fair enough. So, what I thought would be quite fun because we've got nothing to go on. You can't do any recaps of anyone because it's a brand new guy. You mm-hmm. can't make a guess of, you know, where the character's going to go because you haven't met the character before. I think it would just be fun if you have a go at making a wild guess at the summary of this film, of the plot of this film. So just completely out of the blue, it's called Doctor Strange. What do you think it's going to be about, Mum? Well, I'm imagining that uh, he's a scientist, so I'm I'm kind of envisaging a mad scientist of some sort who's maybe maybe got some sort of um, superpower skill from an experiment gone wrong or, or, or an experiment gone right. Ah, yeah, I'm okay. also yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you get where I'm coming from? <laughs> see what you see yes. what I'm doing here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's I think it's uh, going to be a bit kind of cookie, maybe a bit not like a not like one. Okay. Yeah, not like the sort of typical Avengers. Ah, you think after Civil War they're going to go for a lighter tone again? Yeah, Which, think, they've been doing quite a bit recently. Yeah, I I'm think thinking that's fair. kind of you know Ant Man, you know, kind of something mm-hmm. completely different, you know, uh, something a bit like that maybe. Okay. But as to the plot, oh goodness knows. Fair enough. So, what do you think is uh yeah? What do you think his superpower is going to be? 
Um, You've been spot on with these so far. When you made your Ant-Man guess, that was pretty much exactly what it was. <laughs> he became an ant or something, I think. <laughs> I don't remember the films that much anymore, Mom, yeah, but just, I'm pretty sure that's what happened. Yeah, I know, but I just thought it was going to be a, a human-sized ant, and actually it was an ant-sized ant, which kind of surprised me. <laughs> well, he was an ant-sized human. <laughs> I, I was joking, Mum. Do you genuinely not remember the film? He did stay human. <laughs> Right, let me tell you a little bit about Doctor Strange. Okay. So, we'll see if this changes your prediction. It's okay. directed by Scott Derrickson, who I didn't know, but he's done a bunch of horror films. So, <gasps> maybe some horror-y type tones in this one. Ah. It stars Benedict Cumberbatch himself. Oh. Who we know from Sherlock, yep. and then the imitation game and stuff. Yeah, and stuff, yeah. What's your... Point of reference for Benedict Cumberbatch. Is it just Sherlock? Uh, yeah, National Theatre <laughs> stuff. I saw him in Frankenstein. Uh, oh, the last thing I saw him. He was him. in Frankenstein, wasn't yeah, he? Which, which yeah, which was very okay, odd. Fair enough. Maybe that was Fits with your mad scientist stuff, Mum. Very good. Maybe that's where they got the idea. And it was a very strange production. Frankenstein. Ah, you think that's why they cast him? Yeah. <laughs> they were like, they he was pretty good as Doctor, Doctor Strange. Strange. Maybe you could play yeah. a different Strange Doctor. Yeah. <laughs> so he, so Benedict Cumberbatch is Doctor Strange. Oh well, it will be. Yeah, he's the titular Doctor Strange. Right. Okay. Ah, okay. maybe. Acting alongside him is Chiwetel Ejiofor, who was the main guy ah. from Twelve Years a Slave and The yeah. Martian. You knew this guy. Oh yeah, Twelve Years a Slave was brilliant. Ah, yes. Okay. He's also very importantly the guy that's married to. I want to say Kira Knightley in Love Actually, that ensemble Christmas film. Don't know if you've seen that one. Of course I've seen that. Um, <laughs> you sound almost offended, Mum, I'm sorry. I don't think I've seen it from start to finish all in one sitting, but I must have seen the whole thing. Um, it's a good one to Christmases. jump in and out of, yeah, definitely. Mm. We also have Rachel McAdams, who is from objectively the best romantic film ever. She's from About Time, all right. as well as being in The Notebook and Mean Girls and stuff. Okay. Then we've got Benedict Wong, who was also in The Martian and was in Marco Polo. And he was the guy from Annihilation, if you remember Annihilation. He was the guy oh, in the yeah. um, hazmat suit that's asking the questions. Okay. Mm-hmm. 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 We've got Mads Mikkelsen, who's the bad guy from Casino Royale. And he also has... Oh, yes. Uh, yeah, he was in Hannibal, the TV show. Right, didn't see And that. finally, we have Tilda Swinton who oh. has been in loads of stuff. I think you might be better qualified to talk and about Tilda also Swinson. also very maybe. strange. Okay, if this is a Tilda Swinson and Benedict Cumberbatch <laughs> movie directed by a guy who's known for directing horror movies, this is going to be a bit odd. Okay, so Tilda Swinton is from Snowpiercer and a bunch of Wes Anderson stuff like Grand yeah. Budapest Hotel and Isle of Dogs, as well as something that I know we both feel exactly the same way about. She was in the film adaptation of We Need to Talk About Kevin. She was the mum of that. Yeah, uh, dreadful. I think, did we both read the book or did you see the film? No, I have I seen the film. Yes, I have seen the film, but I read, no, I read the book first. I was really mm-hmm. cross about that book. Yeah. We both really dislike this. This was the yeah. only book that I did for A-level English, which I absolutely hated. Yeah. I remember writing really angry essays about it when I was oh. an edgy teen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But Tilda Swinton herself may be super good. Yeah, yeah. Indeed. I've liked her in the stuff that I've seen her in. She's a bit yeah. odd in a lot of them. She's a bit strange, mm-hmm. you could say. She is. I think that's maybe the fourth time we've made that joke in this <laughs> intro alone. Let's see how many it gets to at the end of the episode. Right, has that changed your prediction, Mum? You want to... Change it around. Do you still think mad scientist or? 
Well, I don't know if it's going to be mad scientist. He is a doctor, though. Um, <laughs> he is a doctor. There you go. <laughs> yeah, don't know. I don't know. I'm open to anything the film wants to throw at me. Oh, fantastic. That's the type of mindset we want looking into the MCU. <laughs> so this one's a bit... I, I think the way that to describe this one is interesting, but kind of average. That, that's probably how I'd describe this one. I oh, think. okay. Not enough action in it for you. <laughs> there's a decent amount of action. I mean, there's oh, not there loads me. of action, I guess. Maybe that is what it is. I just I know for a fact that I've only seen this one once. So oh, okay, so we'll it, see how it goes. So in your mind, it was never worth rewatching, or you just never found yourself in in the position where you thought, oh, you know what, I'm going to watch Doctor Strange again. Yeah, I think that's the thing. If someone had ever been like, oh, Joe, I'm going to watch Doctor Strange today, come on over, then I probably would. But I'd do that with pretty much any MCU film, I think. So, I mean, (laughs) that's not high praise for it. If I watch TV and it was on TV, I might watch it at some point, I guess. But, yeah, I haven't been tempted by this one since we got a Disney Plus account. I uh, I didn't cave for Doctor Strange. Right, okay. But who knows? Maybe this will be a classic Thor experience and I'll enjoy it more than I remembered it because yeah, you'll be here as maybe, well. maybe, maybe. Lovely. So, on that glowing recommendation <laughs> and Mum's firm stance about what the film is going to be about, shall we dive on into the strange film, Doctor Strange? Yes, let's go. Ooh, spooky. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to My Mum Miss Marvel, the only podcast in which the two podcast hosts just cannot figure out how to record a podcast. <laughs> well, we can oh. under normal circumstances, but when circumstances <laughs> are, are different, like if you're on holiday or you're yep. up in Glasgow or... You've the only podcast your... <laughs> in which we just take holidays instead of recording the podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> how long do you reckon, all together, including like sitting in the green room, sitting in our recording software talking to each other on the phone to try and arrange things. How long do you think it's taken to record this second part before we've even begun? About two and a half hours so far. (laughs) Probably something close to that, (laughs) spread over a few days. So sorry for the delay, everyone, if you're listening to these as they come out. Mum, right, we've just watched Doctor Strange a few days ago. What did you think about Doctor Strange? Well, this was a difficult one in terms of verdict. Mm. Um, And I had to think about it quite hard. Okay. Um... Because I think there were good things about it. It was a yeah. watchable film. I mean, on the... <laughs> High praise. On the TTFA scale, you know, it was it was low. I know you don't get this low scale, but a low mark low on good. the TTFA scale means you're not tempted to fall asleep. Okay, high praise. So, yeah, but I also felt that it was, it was um, unsatisfactory in mm. many ways as well. So right. it was quite difficult to decide what my verdict was going to be. Okay. Do you want to hear the answer? I'm on tenterhooks. I can't exactly guess what this is going to be here, Mum. <laughs> Ultimately, I decided... Oh, my goodness. Right. Our third miss of the MCU. Wow. Yeah. So is there anything in particular that you'd like to point out about it or would you like to just get straight into the recap so that we can Let's get into the discussion? Let's just straight into the recap and the discussion because I think it may come out. Okay, fair enough. I guess I'll keep my whether I agree with you until after we've gotten into some specifics. So if you need okay. a quick reminder about what happens in the film, I think it's a relatively straightforward one, but here's mum to lay out the important plot points. Okay. 
So basically, genre-wise, this is, I would say, magical mysticism or something. Is that a genre? I, don't I mean, know. I like I'm it just, as a genre. I've yeah. just made it up. <laughs> <laughs> and it basically tells the story of Doctor Strange, who is a brilliant but arrogant surgeon mm-hmm. who has a car accident and his hands are destroyed. So basically, his career is over. Yep. But which he can't quite accept. So he continues to try and get someone to fix his hands and no medical doctor will, you know, will take on the case. He hears of this guy called Pangborn. Is that I right? I think that's his name. Yeah, well yeah. done. I haven't got that written down. Who who was basically paralyzed mm-hmm. from the neck down, but was completely healed. So he goes he tracks him down and he goes to see him. And this Pangborn tells him to go to I wrote this one down, Camartage mm-hmm. in Kathmandu. Yep. So he goes off there and it's a kind of a Zen meditation place. This is all the kind of mysticism, the oriental uh, mysticism comes into. Western it. medicine has failed. So he yeah. looks to the so east. So he goes to the east uh, and mm-hmm. he, he looks for the mumbo jumbo solution. Um, <laughs> he he then get, reluctantly um, gets taken in to, to be trained up to, you know, understand the astral self and, and you know, uh, be able to use this, harness this, the power of the supernatural and all that. Um, who does he uh, Who does he meet when he's there? Are you coming to that? I'm coming to that. So he okay. gets taken in by the, uh, the ancient one or the super sorcerer or something. Yeah, so I think, it, confusingly, I think they're both sort of titles. The more personal title is the ancient one and then right. the kind of role that she fulfills in the organization is the sorcerer supreme the sorcerer supreme okay who's mm-hmm. the tilda swinton yep character he also meets the librarian or, or actually the second librarian because at the beginning of the film someone who had also been trained up by the ancient one there's a scene where he goes rogue with a small band and kills a librarian and steals a spell from the library, tears some yeah. spell pages out of the book. Not just a spell, mum, a forbidden spell. A forbidden spell. It's Harry Potter 1 all over again. Yeah, so he goes off, he's gone to the dark side, basically. Mm-hmm. So he, there's a new librarian called Wong, so Wong mm-hmm. features in the in the action. And there's also a, a kind of a kind of a mentor, a fellow trainee, but a kind of a mentor called yeah. Something like Mordor, except it's not Mordor. <laughs> really close, yeah. You just take the R off. It's Mordo. Mordo, yeah. Okay. So th- that those are the kind of main characters. The the baddie who steals the spell is called Caecilius. Mm-hmm. And basically, the plot revolves around Doctor Strange with Mordor and Wong. And this, the ancient one. <laughs> You've immediately Mordo, gone back to Mordor. Mordor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, trying to track down Caecilius and stop him from destroying the world. There yep. are three oh, hubs. Sanctums. Sanctums, yeah. that's right. Three sanctums that are protecting the earth. One's in London, one's in New York, and one's in Hong Kong. Yeah. And Caecilius destroy manage I think he manages to destroy London and then he's attacking <laughs> the Hong Kong one. No, the New yeah, York it, one. Yeah, he goes after the New York next. That's As right. with a lot of American films, if there are three things and one of them's in London, they use the London one to 
destroy it and okay. show that the stakes are high because they don't want to destroy the New York one. But yeah, look, we can destroy the <laughs> London Sanctum. Yeah, right. I'm kind of jumping all over the place here. Mm-hmm. Along the way, Doctor Strange, as well as having been trained up in the mystic arts, also acquires, well, two things. He acquires this cloak of levitation. Yep. <sighs> we'll come back Which to you that. didn't like. You yeah. didn't like at all. Yeah. Um, and he also takes uh, the eye of something. Agamotto. Agamotto, which turns out to be really powerful because it can, it can reverse time. Mm. And at the end of the film, we see that the eye of Agamotto is actually one of the Infinity Stones. <gasps> yeah, there you go. We've seen another one now. Yeah. We've seen a bunch of them now, actually. Yeah, we I think have, this might actually. Be number getting... four? I was trying to think. Is it four or five now? Anyway, the um, hubs, what did you call them again? Sanctums. The Sanctums. So London's destroyed and New York. And so the final big battle ends Stranger, up... St- Strange just about manages to defend to... New York. He oh, manages okay. to fight off Caecilius right. and his goons. And him and Mordo escape after a big chase sequence. Right, okay. So they end, they end up... But the, so... fin- the final big scene is in Hong Kong, isn't it, though? It is, yes. But just as they're... Escaping the way that they escape is that the ancient one shows up and helps them escape from Caecilius. However, during uh, the process, it's revealed that she's been getting her power from the dark realm. The dark dimension, yeah, the, the thing that the bad dimension. guys are using. Yeah, which nobody knew about, and that mm-hmm. explains right at the beginning of the film where we saw this very cool visual effect scene. Yes, in London, Caecilius shouts at her, "Hypocrite!" It's one of the first lines of the film, yeah. Yeah. And so the, the hypocrisy is that she's warning and warding everybody away from the dark realm. Yep, all of the spells are forbidden. The yep. dark dimension is out of bounds, bad thing to use, but she's been using she's it to prolong her it. own life. Exactly. So, just as she jumps in and manages to save them... Uh, I don't know. <laughs> What? Just before they head on <laughs> off, she jumps in and saves them. However, she does get killed in the process. Oh, yes, yeah, she so there's gets no killed. More, there's no more Ancient One. There's no more Sorcerer Supreme. Right, that's right. So how do they end up in Hong Kong? Well, let's... Never well, mind. they can teleport, can't they? They've got teleporting rings. That's yeah. one of the pieces of magic that they know. So they just pop on over to Hong Kong. So they pop on over to Hong Kong, which is where the big final battle takes place. Mm-hmm. Doctor Strange manages to use the eye of Agamotta to turn back time. Yep. So that it, so it that, was destroyed. Uh, when yeah. when they arrived the sanctum had already been destroyed. Uh-huh. So he manages to use it to to save the sanctum. And then there's there, there's quite a good scene where by using using the the eye of Agamotta to turn back time in a loop. So he's got some wee kind of bracelet thing. Yeah, he makes a little time loop that resets when he dies. Right, yeah. He goes to basically bargain with the ultimate baddie that Caecilius has been working for, who is called something like... Oh, I should have looked this up. He only says it about ten times in the film. I know, it's Mamadon or something. (laughs) Dormammu. Dolmamu, I've come to bargain. He says it about Dolmamu, ten times I've in a row. Dolmamu, I've come to bargain. And because he's got this time loop, every time Dolmamu kills him, he just comes back again. He just yep. comes back again and he just comes back again. So he does actually do a deal. And the deal is 
that Dolmamu pulls the three baddies back, so Caecilius and the and and his henchmen. Mm-hmm. Takes them into the dark dimension for everlasting life, but it turns out that the everlasting life is a life of torment and torture. Right, okay, so that's them dealt with, So, and that's Hong Kong. <laughs> the other part Saved. of the bargain is that Dormammu leaves and doesn't come back to Earth. That's, yeah. the, that's the big one. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so because Doctor Strange has got his turn-back time doodah um, <laughs> and has managed to do the deal with Dal... Dormammu. Dormammu. <laughs> <laughs> the names are pretty out there in this one, don't worry about it. <laughs> Can't even remember names at the best of times. You so got Panghorn or Pangborn, and then you also got Caecilius. Down. Yeah, I, you got I wrote the good them ones. Down. <laughs> <laughs> um, he anyway, he he man, Doctor Strange manages to save the day and save the world. Um, there you go. Bit of a common theme in these MCU films, yeah. eh? <laughs> yeah, great. Yeah, good man. Good man. <laughs> Lovely. Right. Yeah, it's a relatively straightforward one. This one, I think, it can yeah. largely just be put down to Doctor Strange learns the. Arcane Arts uses them to beat the bad guys and then a really fun climax in which it has a nice interesting ending, I think. Yeah. Well done, Mum. The the end should we talk about the end credit scenes here as well? Because we're just diving straight bit, into it. I they, love it. Go for it. They add a little bit too, I think. So the the mid credit scene is very funny. It's where mm-hmm. Thor and Doctor Strange are sitting together and Thor says One of your favourite guys, yeah. Yeah. And he delivers it absolutely perfectly and he says Hmm. The Avengers are having are recruiting magicians now, or something. Yeah, like that. Very... something like oh, there's magic now, or something like oh, yeah. that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, that is a good scene. That's actually a scene from it's in a similar way to the Ant Man end credit scene was a scene from Civil War. It wasn't happening chronologically. Right. That is a scene from the next Thor film. And the next Thor film has a very comedic tone. So it's uh, kind of setting up the comedic Thor. Right. Well, it's it's delivered perfectly in that very kind of deadpan, um, Mm -hmm. slightly mocking tone that that (laughs) Thor just... just I don't drink tea. (laughs) (laughs) Self-filling, you know, flagon of beer. So that's a good one. Did you pick up on the important bit of information there? uh, What was Thor doing? Clearly I didn't. Pick up the important bit okay. of information there. He tells Doctor Strange that he is looking for his father. Him and Loki are looking for Oh, I Yes, that's right. And, uh, Doctor Which doesn't Strange. make loads of sense because the last we saw of them, Odin. Loki was Odin. Yes. Remember Loki? Yes. was It was ages ago oh, now, but Loki right. was sitting on the throne. Yes. So in this scene, Thor says that he's looking for Odin. So that's okay. why it's a scene from the middle of the film and why it doesn't make as much sense as a standalone okay. scene because as far as we know chronologically Thor thinks that Odin's just on the throne right oh I right thank you for pointing that out Joe I hadn't quite picked up on that subtlety there and then the end end credit scene mm-hmm. is interesting because Mordo who had been like a an ally of Doctor Strange's yep Gets very disillusioned when he realises that the Ancient One had been using the Dark Dimension. Mm-hmm. And there's a bit of a hint, if I picked it up correctly, that he's gone bad now. He's gone rogue because he's so... Oh, pretty much, yeah. He's, he's so disappointed at the Ancient One and her hypocrisy. Um, so it's partly that. It's partly also that the Eye of Agamotto, they shouldn't... That, that's also forbidden. They shouldn't really uh, be using that. Be using it's breaking okay. the laws of nature, they say. Right. Yeah, yeah. And obviously Doctor Strange uses it extensively during that final fight. 
And although he's doing it for good ends, uh-huh. the Ancient One says of Mordo, his soul is very inflexible. He has extremely strong beliefs and they don't really move. Right. And he sees using these things like the Dark Dimension and the Eye of Agamotto to break the natural laws of life and time and everything, it's wrong and it can't yeah. be right even if it causes good things to happen. So he's just okay, completely so he's... disillusioned with the whole group now and he leaves at the end of the film. So he's taking a really strong a really strong line and it all. Mm-hmm. But it's but he could have left the group and and sort of retained a strong moral compass. But actually yeah. what happens in the end credit scene is that he goes to see Pangborn mm-hmm. and somehow or other takes away the magic from him so that yeah. he is a paraplegic, which is what yeah. he would have been had he not used the the um, mm-hmm. the magic in the first place. He'd been using magic to sustain to his sustain, body so that he yeah. could move around yeah. and stuff, and Mordo takes it. Yeah. Now, see, that's quite interesting. So is that was that a morally right thing to do? Because Pangborn had been using the magic for I think wrong what's reasons. cool about it is that it's clearly a terrible thing to do, and I think it's setting up that he's going to be a bad guy. And yeah. this is a nice thing about this character, that he's called Baron Mordo in the comics. And if okay. you know anything about the Marvel comics, if someone's name starts with Baron, they're probably a bad guy. Um, <laughs> Zemo is also Baron Zemo, I think, from Civil War. So it's setting him up to then be a bad guy. I didn't see it coming at all, because I don't know Doctor Strange no. lore. Uh, I think it surprised you too. I did, yeah. But what I like about it is, whilst being clearly a bad thing to do to turn someone who's not harming anyone into a paraplegic again you can see his logic and i think he's quite interesting for that reason i think his character development was quite fun over the course of the film how he reacts really strongly to finding out the ancient one he he can't accept dr strange saying what if there's another way what if we can do this uh and you know bending the rules slightly and he says there is no other way the bill comes mm. due which i think is a fantastic mm. line mm. and then uh yeah his uh, final line final line of the film is uh too many sorcerers i think too so many sorcerers that's right yeah he he thinks that sorcerers bend the natural laws a bit too much and he's trying yeah. to reduce the number i suppose um so actually talking through it Again, it just kind of reinforces the trouble I had actually coming to a verdict yes. in this one. Because actually there were real positives about it. Yeah, there are some really, really cool parts of this film. The way that I was thinking of it was, although there are some great bits, I think it has some big problems with, I don't know the exact term for this, I'm going to call it narrative pacing, as opposed to scene-by-scene scene pacing. Mm-hmm. And a decent amount of it doesn't work particularly well, but... There are some things that are really good, including several characters, and I also really like Act 3. I think basically the entire Act 3 is really good. What's from... Act 3? So I'd kind of count Act 3 from the probably starting with or probably starting straight after the big chase in which the Ancient One dies. So I'd start it with Ancient One dying, then them going to Hong Kong. Right. Fun backwards reversing time where all of the like bricks are going back up into the buildings and trapping people and stuff restoring the sanctum then the fantastic ending where he's got this time loop going on i think that whole section there is Mm. just absolutely great i Mm. really thoroughly enjoy the end of this film but the first two acts not a big fan of i've got some problems yeah on the positives the i agree with you i think the the last act if that's what we're third act, if that's what we're calling it. The the, the special <laughs> effects were, were brilliant and they actually yes. yeah, yeah, used yeah. the genre, they used the kind of magical mysticism to do some cool things, you know, like yes. the, the reverse scene. And the mirror world, 
actually, I really liked uh, on that. This is right at the beginning, the very first scene where mm-hmm. you were supposedly in this kind of parallel realm. I'm not quite yeah, sure the what mirror the mirror dimension, mirror dimension yeah. was. But the way they had the buildings all undulating and coming out. It's and so cool. Over, that was brilliant. So yeah. the spe- some of the special effects were very clever and very effective. Every time they do that in the film, I think there's... there's well, the, the whole film looks fantastic. I think it got nominated for an Oscar for Best Visual Effects. Yes, I'm not surprised about that. Whenever they're in the mirror direction in that first scene, whenever they do like the weird folding impossible space stuff, it's really cool. The whole chase where the the really big one where like the city is inceptioning and folding in and up on itself and they're like falling and then they're not falling anymore. They're running along the sides of stuff. Yes. But every time they do that, it looks absolutely awesome. Yeah. This film has a really, really fantastic visual identity. Yeah. And you, you can't knock the visual effects. I don't absolutely think. I not. just broke out beaming when they did the ancient one giving Doctor Strange the kind of vision to put his life into perspective thing. That scene <laughs> is so much fun. It just I, I is couldn't that, stop smiling You mean smiling when he gets left on Mount Everest? No, 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 the bit where um he's first gotten to the, meet the ancient one, and she kind of like touches his forehead oh, and yes. says, "Open your eye," and then he yes. just has this crazy experience where he's like floating through the cosmos and flying yes. around at yes, super yes, speeds yes. and stuff. That just I I love that scene. It's so much fun. It's yeah. a really really nice little whoa type of thing that just changes the entire pacing of the film. Yes, that's right. No, and I I also even liked just the the kind of. That that was on an epic scale, but the more kind of um closed ones, just where they had those kind of cool firework sparkler things. Oh, you um, like what? How the magic? Yeah, works? I quite like the the magic. I yeah, that, I thought that worked. Um, Definitely. This was something that I was wondering about because this film, I think, is made to be seen in the cinema. Like those big, yeah, huge yeah. effects are very much a when they're on the big screen, they're really wow, look at that. And I was wondering whether they'd come across well on the smaller screen. I still enjoyed them. Mm. What, what did you think about them? Um, I, I imagine, I mean, yeah, I still enjoyed them, but I imagine it is way more impressive um, hmm. when you see it in the cinema. I do remember, yeah, when we walked out, that was the main thing that we were talking about. We were talking about how crazy those scenes were. Yeah. So anyway, talking about all the special effects, I... This is one of the things that is actually making me wonder whether I was a bit harsh with my judgment because mm-hmm. that was a very cool part of the film, and I think you're right. It it would work. It would be even more spectacular if you saw it in the cinema. Although it does work. Yeah, in the which I don't think is a well. good. Yeah, that's not a good point in favor of the film. By the way, the whole this film looks better in a cinema. I don't think is great. I think oh, you okay. know, good art and a good film should work. Maybe not. However, you watch it, there are films which clearly just won't work on a phone, but. If if you're trying to defend a film by saying, "Oh, it looks better in a cinema," films are only in the cinemas for a few months. Yeah, that's not yeah. that's not what's going to make the yeah, film okay. stand the test of time. But I I think it's fair enough though to say that some will look better in the big screen. You know, I think it's fair. Sound um, and, you know. Although I don't I don't know I'm also a bit confused about this one. Right. Yeah. I think what I said before the break was that it's good but average and. I don't mean an average MCU film, which I think is above average for general films. This is just an average film. It feels like going to the cinema and seeing one of the blockbusters that came out that year. And generally with Marvel films, I get a little bit more out of it than that. Right, okay. That's interesting, yes, because as, as a real fan, that's the way you that's the way it has come across to you. I think 
I liked the fact that they had chosen a different genre, that they had mm-hmm. tried to mm-hmm. get into this magical mysticism, good on them, because I think that's one of the strengths of the MCU, as far as I have experienced it thus far, because they've actually, they've made that work. They've made that work by having different genre. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's a good thing that they tried it, but it was it was slightly confused and derivative. I couldn't work out, one minute it was David Carradine in Kung Fu, which is probably too early for mm-hmm. you, which is a classic TV. I've heard of Kung Fu series. before. <laughs> yeah. Um, which is all very much about, you know, the kind of mysticism, you know, grasshopper, mm-hmm. you know, with your mentor yep. and your ancient one and all that. It was also a bit Lord of the Rings and its kind of epicness. It was a bit Star Trek, you know, beam me up, Scotty. It was a bit... I, <laughs> I don't know. You can just throw around Lord of the Rings references without... I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I wouldn't compare Doctor Strange to Lord of the Rings, Mum. You're on, no, you're maybe on thin not. ice here. I, I, I don't actually know very much about the Lord of the Rings, so maybe not that. Um, Lord of the Rings then, is a masterpiece, Mum. Right, okay. I, I've probably put that in the same compartment in my mind as Mad Max, Fury Road. Anyway, um, and Harry Potter... Lord of the Rings... Uh, oh, no, okay, we're not going okay. there. Okay, let's not, not get into there. this. Okay, Mum. This is a whole we're, new podcast. We're not going there. But there were so many references to Harry Potter, and not in a good way, Okay. that... I just thought, no, there's too much of a mishmash here. And the cloak hmm. of levitation, I, I, yeah, that was yeah. just ridiculous. That scene where the cloak yeah, I in mean, the corridor is holding down. Yes, and it goes uh, on for what? It's like wrapped around a dude's head and it's like bashing him around. And it goes on for ages. It goes on for way longer than that. I think they should have been going for with a little comic gag. The yeah. cloak, I think, is cool when he just swirls it around him and it, like, goes around him. I don't really like the idea of the cloak being, like, super sentient and, like, making no, jokes right. and wiping his tears and stuff. And No, exactly. I'm quite happy with the dramatic effect and, it, and, yeah. and it's good for his superhero image. And I like the idea well. that it has reactions, like, it can do stuff yeah, without him really totally. realising it, but maybe, like, an extension of his subconscious or something would yes, be cool. Yes, I think it goes to the general idea of the film, which is... I can't figure out if the to- if the film is tonally inconsistent, and that's why the jokes don't land, or if for some reason the writing isn't just as funny for the jokes, right. that... or if it's a character thing and the characters aren't likable enough to deliver the jokes in a way that makes you laugh. It's one of those three things, but I don't yeah. think this film is particularly funny. That was going to be my next point. I have got negatives, humour. The humour is yeah. much more hammy. Yeah, it's Rather all like relying on references and MCU stuff. Yeah, kind of typical humor. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's not as sharp as you would expect. And and no. like you, I was trying to work out because actually I really like Benedict Cumberbatch, and I think ah. he he actually, I mean, I like him as an actor, and I think yes. he kind of grows into that, but not entirely. Not totally convincingly and some of the lines that he delivered some of the comic lines that he delivered didn't hit the mark i didn't think yeah i i definitely agree he kind of goes for that tony stark lovable asshole type thing but he isn't really lovable he's just a terrible terrible person on a personal level i mean tony stark is a terrible person on you know a philosophical level and a belief level at the beginning but He's he's got a bit of charm and everything, but mm-hmm. Doctor Strange is just horrible it's yeah. at the beginning. So to, I, 
I also quite like Benedict Cumberbatch. I I like Sherlock. I know that a lot of yeah. people dislike Sherlock for how hammy it is and everything. I enjoy it for the most part. It definitely has dips. He is great in the Hobbit films, which are not great films, but he is an absolute highlight. He was Smaug, if you remember, Mum. He yeah. was a dragon. Yeah. There's some really good behind-the-scenes stuff of him like in a mocap suit on all fours, like really getting yeah. into it. And he looks like a fun guy for that. I kind of feel like he's one of the only people in the MCU that I don't think is cast particularly well. I wouldn't mind someone else being Doctor Strange. In the yeah. way that I said, I, can't, I now can't imagine anyone else as Captain America. Chris Evans was Steve Rogers. I Yeah, I don't really yeah. buy it. Maybe it's his accent. I don't think his accent is great. His accent's not brilliant. And yeah, that might be... Well, that's not part of the issue, but that's just another um, example of how the character... He doesn't really nail that character, I don't think. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's that he doesn't nail it. Maybe it's that he doesn't write it. There are narrative issues with his character as well, which we can get into afterwards. I think we're in a bit of a character exploration thing, but Mm. something about Doctor Strange doesn't work super well, Mm. I don't think. Whilst we're on the topic of characters, there's a big controversy about this film, which we'd be remiss if we didn't mention. A few people have emailed in and said, are we going to be talking about this? So let's address it. The Ancient One. Uh Uh-huh. So the Ancient One in the comics is a Tibetan man that has the same moniker of the Ancient One. And when this film was coming out, and I mean, it's never really recovered from this, there was a lot of backlash about whitewashing in Hollywood and casting Tilda Swinton, a white woman, as yes. the ancient one, this classically Asian and more specifically Tibetan character. It also came out at around the same time as a Ghost in the Shell remake, which is a Japanese manga anime, which okay. had Scarlett Johansson as the main character, which right. is, again, a white actress taking the role of an Asian character. So there are a few things about it. One interview with one of the screenwriters has said that they changed it because of the Chinese audience and the issues between China and Tibet. And if they acknowledge that Tibet's a place and cast a Tibetan person, then they'll lose the Chinese box office and Marvel films can't do that. They're expecting to make millions. Um, Yes, they've straight up said that in interviews, that that's a big part of the reason. It gets more complicated than that, though, because the actual character from the comics, the ancient one, in a similar way to the Mandarin from Iron uh-huh. Man, who was also cast into a white actor, uh-huh. was a bit of a racist stereotype in the comics. So they may have had some motivation to do it, to change the casting because of that. But at the same time, I think you can keep the soul of a character and just get rid of the racist stereotype sections of the character and mm. still have good representation. There's a, mm. a quote from an article from The Guardian, I think it was, which says that white women, although they should absolutely have these roles and recasting the ancient one into a woman is not a problem, are still portrayed on screen more than Asians of any gender or sex. Right. So there was a bit of controversy around it. What did you... Did did you have much of a reaction to it? I know you probably didn't know the ancient one from the comics. I didn't either. No, I didn't know the ancient one from the comics, but interestingly enough, I've just come back down from Scotland and your Uncle David mentioned that this is an issue, the whitewashing is an Mm. issue. Before that, I hadn't thought it through. I was assuming that casting Tilda Swinton was making it a female rather than a male character, and I hadn't actually mm-hmm. properly thought that through and thought, yes, it would be a, it would be an Asian male character. Yeah, yeah. So I, I was slightly forewarned about this because David had mentioned it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think probably the decision was wrong. I think saying it was um, the decision was political stroke commercial um, yeah. was 
might well have been the case, but they're, they could have got round those issues in another way. Did the comics actually specify that it was in Kathmandu? I mean, was it definitely... It was in, it was in Tibet in the comics. Was it definitely in Tibet? Yeah, yeah. He, he was a Tibetan and it's in Tibet, yeah. Right, okay, okay. So, I mean, I'm not sure. I, I don't like the decision. I, I don't like the idea of we're going to lose the Chinese box office so we'll just pretend that this place doesn't exist. And uh, that just feels very wrong to me. I, I don't like that at all. But part of the reason why I'm so conflicted about this and it isn't just a blanket, they made a mistake. What idiots. They should be sticking to their morals rather than bending bending to the whims of a government which has done some pretty bad things over the years, mm. is that I actually really like Tilda Swinton in this film. I, I don't think that the character should have been recast but in terms of just watching the film and ignoring controversy I think that the character of the ancient one and the way that Tilda Swinton plays it is fantastic Now knowing about the controversy and realising that the original ancient one would have been a Tibetan man it does seem that the decision was not mm-hmm. justified on commercial basically yeah. for commercial yeah. reasons I mean they're saying it's political but it was because China's a big market so I don't yeah, think that's... Yeah, I mean, claiming that acknowledging the fact that a place exists as political is pretty problematic, I think. Yeah, especially as you're, you can say you're being, you know, we're being true to the original um, oh, yeah. storyline yeah. in the comic. You know, it was perfectly, perfectly legitimate position to yeah. take. However, had they stuck with the original, we would not have seen that superb performance from Tilda Swinton. Who I completely I think agree. does a brilliant job and... yeah. And that that was a very strong female character, which is something that I have complained about in the MCU. Mm-hmm. So on the one hand, great, here we have a really strong, formidable, complicated and complex yeah, character yeah. played exceptionally well. And that's yeah. a great plus point. But actually, it's a shame that it's only there because of a... a yeah. A, a failing almost or a piece of cowardice. Yeah, that's why I feel so conflicted about it, I think, part of the reason, because... I did really like Tilda Swinton in this. And not only did I like Tilda Swinton, I liked the character. I think yes. there are some cool plot points that are built around the character. It's got the nice reveal where it turns out that the reason that she's the ancient one is that she's been channeling power from the Dark Dimension. Yeah. I think she has some really cool lines. I think she brings out in more interesting things about Doctor Strange than Doctor Strange mm. does. Yeah, Some of her lines to Doctor Strange are, are brilliant. Uh, spoiler for the best line section. Most of mine are <laughs> going to be ancient, ancient ones. <laughs> Yeah, I just, I think she really brings a lot to the film. Mm. And it's just, yeah, it, mm. it's a, it's an odd context for it, but Tilda Swinton did a great job. She did. She did. That scene where her story comes to a head and she's dying, essentially, and she's stretching out the moment into a thousand, she says, that might be my favourite scene from the entire film. Visually, it's awesome seeing mm. the lightning in slow motion, but just the speech that she gives there is the most emotionally impactful thing in the film, I think. It is. And, you know, I, I meant to go back. I didn't do it. I meant to go back and just listen to that bit again because I felt as if I wanted to hear it again. Mm. I wanted to experience it's it. It's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're, you're now entering into the world of uh, Marvel fans who don't have any Marvel <laughs> films to watch anymore that they haven't seen. So you just go back on YouTube and just watch your favourite scenes. I do that all the time, and I definitely did it with this speech again after oh, we watched I see. the film. So I could, I could just type it in and find it quite easy, kind of. Okay, if I'll there's get a film that you YouTube. remember, yeah, if there's a film, sorry, if there's a scene that you remember well enough, 
then there will be a YouTube okay. video of it. Essentially, <laughs> all of then. the good films are on. All of the good scenes are on YouTube. Okay. So, Ancient One, complicated, controversial, but we mm. think that we liked the character as it was in mm. the film, even if it should have been a different character. We've got Caecilius, the classic MCU thing. We're getting a little bit repetitive here, like the MCU. Uninteresting bad guys. What did you think of Caecilius? Um, he's a kind of. He's just an archetypal bad guy. Yep, he was the archetypal bad guy in James Bond, and he just paid, played the same part basically. He's got I think that he's kind a bit of more. Face. I think he's a bit more interesting in James Bond. <laughs> he's, he's, he's got some depth to him in James yeah, yeah, Bond, yeah, or in this one. In James Bond, oh, in, in Casino James Royale, I like okay. I like him as a bad guy. To be fair, this is another one of those things. I think he's similar to Ronan. Mm. He's pretty flat and one note, but mm. I think he works well in the yeah. film. He's got that one scene in which he explains his logic and I think it makes sense his his logic is there you can see why he's doing things it doesn't spend much time going into why he feels that or anything like that but the whole our true enemy is time time kills everything we should be uh, or our true enemy is death death or time one of those two things <laughs> and that's just his entire motivation for it I think he's fine he's not mm. the worst villain that they've had but he's not on the level of Loki or Ultron, oh, I, think. Gosh, I don't no. think he's the most interesting. No, no, no. no. He's expendable. Yep. Yeah, very Pretty much. expendable. And then we've got, in a similar way, Mordo, who has the really cool character arc, and then his motivations are similar at the end, in that you can see his logic, his logic is airtight, it's just that you don't agree with it and you don't agree with his methods. Yeah. He's a more interesting character, though. Does he reappear? I'm wondering. Does he reappear in Well, he's in the end credits film? scene, and yeah. he is a bad guy from the comics. He's oh, he's definitely okay. still around. He's still around, and Doctor Strange we know definitely comes back because at I think Tales, I said Doctor it Strange will return. Doctor, yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's Doctor also Strange. talking to Thor, so Doctor Strange is definitely uh, and you've now going explained. to interact with it at yeah. minimum Thor in a yeah. later film. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that when you asked me beforehand, what did I think the plot for this might be and who Doctor Strange might be? It's usual yep. mum missing the bleeding obvious that Doctor Strange was actually. A medical doctor. <laughs> well, you said that you said like mad scientist, scientist type of thing, thought, which is also yeah. that's also a type of doctor. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You can get your doctorate in things that aren't medicine. Yes, I know. That's why I was thinking it was rather than being a medical yeah. doctor. But here, he turned out to be a medical doctor. Mm-hmm. And then a magical doctor. <laughs> and then a magical doctor. Yeah. Does it get any better as the film and when he reappears? Then does he grow into the character more? Well, I guess we'll see when he reappears. Okay. But that. It's kind of adjacent to another one of the big issues with this film, I think. Right. I I, I haven't studied film or media, and I don't know the language for this. I'm calling it narrative pacing. No idea if that's actually what it's meant to be. Scene to scene, I think the film works fine. I think it's got enough downtime. I think the exposition is delivered in the right ways and at the right times. I think it's got action scenes just where they need action scenes and fun scenes just where they need fun scenes, even if the jokes in those fun scenes aren't particularly funny. The main issue that I have with what I'd call pacing is that Doctor Strange goes from, oh, I just cannot figure out this sling ring, I can't do anything, to I'm now fighting Caecilius, who's just killed the guardian of this sanctum, in what feels like five minutes of runtime. And I get that they've got the lines of, I've got a photographic memory, that's how I do the thing. Photographic memory wouldn't do this, you were born for the arcane arts. But... You don't really see any progression, no. and when he, he, I think he takes the whip out because his standard weapon is the whip and he, the magical whip that he throws at people. 
I think you might see that for the first time when he's fighting Caecilius. Maybe he shows it earlier, but it's not like a hmm. well set up. Oh, I figured out how to do a whip. I'm going to do yeah. a whip because I think it's cool to grab people like this. Or yeah. it just he just brings it out and he's fighting these guys. They just killed you would assume and one of the most powerful sorcerers who's looking after the London Sanctum. I mean, you'd probably if I was structuring it, I'd go if I was the ancient one, I'd go okay, I'm in charge. And then I'll get my three, the three people who are closest in power to me to be at the Sanctums. So that guy was, at minimum, the fourth most powerful dude. They killed him incredibly quickly, and then Doctor Strange wins the fight. I mean, he has a rough time, he gets stabbed, but he wins the fight against <laughs> yeah. these three incredibly powerful guys. It's, yeah. just... it's almost as if they <sighs> cut out a whole scene that showed his progression from novice a to A training master. montage. Yeah, yeah, where was the training montage? Yeah, We've said about no this. Every yeah. film needs a training montage to Rocky music. <laughs> Indeed. But yeah, I think it, it's probably one of the reasons why the character doesn't come off particularly well. Another section of why the character doesn't come off particularly well, and this is incredibly telling because we didn't mention her in the recap or oh, in the talking the about characters. Rachel McAdams' character is completely irrelevant in the entire yeah. film. And I'm saying this as someone who does like Rachel McAdams a lot. Again, About Time is the best romantic film, and she's half of the film. But, man, I don't know why she's there. No. Like, oh, she's there because they need they need another female in it, so let's just shove in a rubbishy, wee, one-dimensional character. She, oh, she's so one-dimensional. I'd, I'd even struggle to call her one-dimensional. I think she just says lines. Yeah. She, I think, on a rewatch, the reason that she's there is to show Doctor Strange letting go of his personal connections and accept the responsibility of being now one of the most powerful sorcerers and kind of taking on that life and leaving his previous life behind. But I don't think they lent hard enough into that in the in the film to make that really pay off. I think they could have made that point clearer. Or was it not just more prosaic? Was it not just that he needed somebody to patch him up when he nearly died? I guess, but they could have just... If if they didn't have that character in the film, they could have just had a magician do it. They could have had a sorcerer yeah, do it true. in one of the things. They could have just gone back to the sanctum and had a healing spell or something, yeah. you know? It's just... Well, yeah, no, I agree. Uh, she was just... She was completely wasted. Completely I, wasted. I, she's one of my least favorite. She's po- Pepper Potts levels. Aye. Love oh. interest that's there for no other reason and is an uninteresting character on their own. I agree. But this actually leads me into one of the problems that I felt the film had as well, and it might be the same thing, Joe, as your narrative pacing. Mm-hmm. I just felt, if you're going to go for magical mysticism, then go for it. And I think there was a missed opportunity. And actually, they could have they could have done more with the mysticism. They could, it was an opportunity that they didn't exploit to the full. The magic could the have magic, been more interesting. The magic yeah. could have been more interesting. The turning back time was interesting. Mm-hmm. And that can you know can be controversial as some of the characters in the films said. Yep, yeah. But but it's it's fun and it, it leads fun. to an, a brilliant climax. I love that whole yeah, ending indeed. scene with Dormammu. So with a wee bit imagination, could you not have done more on the magical side? Yeah, there could have been more like you know quick teleporting around and everything with the sling ring, perhaps just bending reality type things. It does kind of boil down to. The Ancient One uses a fan when she's not doing magic, so when she fights, she has magic in the shape of fans. Uh Caecilius is a a bad guy, and so he draws a spear that's kind of made of dark energy and everything. Doctor Strange uses a whip. 
it's not the most imaginative use of magic when your entire film is based around magic. I see what you're saying. Exactly. Yeah. And I felt, and it sort of made, it it gave the film a bit of, I felt a bit incredulous watching it. You know, well, mm, if they were so powerful magically, they would have done something there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the the London guy who gets killed by Caecilius and his goons, he just has a big hammer or something, right? He just got, has a big weapon and he just fights them, essentially. I don't yes, yes. even remember him using any magic at all. Maybe he does a bit, but I think he just hits people. Yeah, exactly. That's it, exactly. If you were a magic, if you were a magician, you would use your magic. You wouldn't just rely on your physical weapon that you had, or even if it's your own magical weapon, you know, there would have surely have been other things that you would have been throwing around. Yeah, I mean, especially if this guy is meant to be guarding the sanctum, apparently on his own for some reason. Yes, but yes. he'd have some traps or something. He'd have like a cool thing, yeah. like they step forward, but when they step forward, they're actually passing through a threshold that leads yeah. into a thing which has loads of fire. Or I don't know, you'd set up some cool magical traps. Yeah. Like a, the the fact that they missed the opportunity for a home alone with magic scene there is a bit of a shame. <laughs> so I'm now coming back to saying, yeah, I was quite right to give this a thumbs down, actually. There were there were problems yeah. with it. The good the good points were, were pretty awesome, particularly the special mm-hmm. effects. Yep. But there were enough problems with it that and, yeah. and also I've got to I've got to be decisive here. I've got to be a bit harsh if we're talking about <laughs> you don't have time to watch all twenty three films. That is yeah, One you've been recommending far too, I know, far many, too many. Number far three, too many. and it's thirteen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the thirteenth film that we're watching, and only the third you didn't like. Yeah, I think I'd probably. I know that I haven't been giving any of these a rating. Some of mine have been pretty clear, but I think this is a thumbs to the side one. Okay. I don't think it's terrible, but it's below average for Marvel films. It's not the mm. worst, but uh, I don't know. I'd rather be watching most other Marvel films. I think. Okay, there we go. So that 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 the verdict I think is um, confirmed. Shall we do some best lines? I think we shall, and I think um, I need to leave this one to you, Joe, because I forgot to write any down, and so clearly okay. I won't remember any. <laughs> this is the first time I have written some down, so it hey. looks like we've switched roles here, <laughs> Mum. So, like I said a wee bit earlier. The Ancient One. She's got so many great lines. She's awesome. I really, really like her. The best scene of the entire film is the scene where they're watching the snow and the lightning's going down when she's about to die. And she says to Doctor Strange, which is also just catalyzes a great change in his character, which I think pays off early stuff really well. Arrogance and fear still keep you from learning the simplest and most significant lesson of all. And Doctor Strange goes, which is... And she goes, it's not about you. And Aye. I think that's just perfectly like <laughs> nailing his character and being like, ah, oh, this is exactly what you need to hear right now, Strange. And she delivers it in a really cool way as well. Yeah. Um, I also really like to stay on the same scene. I've spent so many years looking through time, looking at this exact moment. There are so many... I've. This is where I stopped writing it down. I've prevented so many terrible futures and none of them go beyond this. I think it just... It lends so much weight to that moment and mm. suddenly makes the character so interesting to know how long that journey has been and how much she's done and to only get a brief glimpse into it and you're only seeing the very end and it makes the moment feel very, very cool. Mm. I think you can imagine her having lived her entire life haunted by this moment where she's looking at the snow and the lightning in a hospital and not knowing why or how she gets there and yeah. why she can't see past it. It just makes the whole scene look Very poignant. Really, really cool, I think. Yeah. Yeah. The only other one that I've got here is um, the line that Mordo repeats a couple of times, the the bill comes due 
I think just Bell that's Tantry. a really good way to yeah. sum up his character. Yeah. And when he repeats it later on, he, he says it for the ancient one, at which point the bill is quite literally coming due for her. And then when Doctor Strange does it again later and he leaves, he repeats, the bill comes due. And it hasn't come due for Doctor Strange yet, but he's saying that it will. And I just, yeah, nice foreshadowing. Spooky. Very good. And to that, I would just add the one we've already mentioned about from the end credit scene with Thor when he says there are wizards in the Avengers now. Or whatever that he I think it's something like that. I don't think Doctor Strange is in the Avengers, but it's something along those lines. Yeah, yeah. definitely. No, the, the Thor scene has some good lines in it as well, Mum. Good point. Right. Well, that was Doctor Strange. You've had a week off this week. Yeah. If you're only watching the films that Mum wants you to watch. Next time on the podcast, we will be watching the only other film in the MCU that Mum has already seen. We're going to be returning back to the Guardians of the Galaxy for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Yay! Yeah, I think we enjoyed that one last time we saw it, didn't we, Mum? <laughs> yes, indeed. Yeah, they're good fun. They are good fun. So, I don't believe we're going to be able to record another episode to come out next Friday. We may have a bonus episode in the middle, but at the moment we're doing lots of moving up and down between England and Scotland, helping various different people move in both of our lives. <laughs> and so it's a little bit... I've also gone back to work, so I've got to be editing in evenings, and it's a little bit tricky to be fitting things in. So if the upload schedule is a little bit choppy at the moment, please bear with us. We'll try and get back into a normal routine in a little while. Indeed. If you can't wait for two weeks until the next main episode comes out, then you can always get in contact with us by emailing us at mymummistmarvel at gmail.com to have a bit of a chat with one of us. Or you can follow us on Twitter at mummistmarvel or on Facebook, mymummistmarvel, where we are trying to get a bit of a conversation going. And these are definitely the ways that you can let us know what talking points you'd like us to hit for films which are coming up. The Ancient One controversy was definitely something that we focused on because of people messaging in. So thank you everyone who's been engaged and letting us know what it is that you'd like us to talk about. Until then, we're pretty much done with Doctor Strange. I'll see you whenever I see you for Guardians of the Galaxy 2, Mum. And just in general, great job, Mum. Well done. Great job, Joe. Also, Alec was a great guest, wasn't he? (laughs) Alec was a great guest. We're adding to these catchphrases all the time. (laughs) (laughs) You must be bloody joking. Bye. You have been listening to My Mum Missed Marvel, created by and starring Joe Walker and Aileen Walker. Edited by Joe Walker. Music by Kevin Chute and graphics by Alex Carby. But I believe My Mum Missed Marvel can save the world from light boredom on Fridays. <laughs> Oh dear, dear. What do you think, Mum? Actually, the plural of medium is media, not mediums. Oh, shit. Right, well, I guess we're re recording. (laughs) So you might want to do take two. (laughs) Oh, unbelievable.